0: Morning everybody, it's great to see you this morning, Uh, my name is Ben, I'm a student minister here and today we're starting a little mini-series in Christmas, a little mini-Christmas series and we're looking at the book of Isaiah and uh, we're going through three chapters, so uh, this morning we're looking at chapter 7, next week looking at chapter 8 and then on Boxing Day we're looking at chapter 11 and all of these passages they contain prophecies that point towards uh, the birth of Jesus So it's going to be a wonderful time looking at these Old Testament chapters as they speak of the hope that we have in Jesus. Now this morning, it's a bit of a tricky passage, so we're going to need some help. So how about we pray and ask God to help us. Let's pray. Father, your word is true and everything we need to know you and serve you. Give us receptive hearts this morning and fill us with your spirit. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. What do you fear? What are you afraid of? I'm not a big fan of heights. A week before Ash and I got married, we had a Bucks party um, that my friends and my brothers organised. And for that Bucks party, uh, there's a picture of it coming up now, I had to do a bungee jump off the Auckland Harbour Bridge. Now, I hate heights. That it's a bad time. And they all knew that. And the thinking kind of behind it is that if you can get through this difficult challenge... Uh, at, your, at your Bucks party, then you can get through any marital difficulty. That's apparently what they, what they, what they would say to me. And I did it. Somehow I managed to go. It, it was helpful actually going backwards, because it meant that I didn't have to throw myself. They, they actually let me uh, go. So, um, but in the 30 seconds before I, before I fell off, um, I couldn't think. I couldn't respond to what people were saying. I could barely speak. I was just, I was just paralyzed with fear, and I was literally petrified. The fear of heights I feel it's kind of understandable, it sort of stops us from going to risky places and and doing silly things but there are many other things that might not be quite as physically life-threatening but are nevertheless terrifying. What do you fear? Do you have a fear of missing out? New Year's Eve's coming up and all these plans are maybe being made and you might not be just yet keen to commit to one in case that you might miss out on some other option. Spoiler alert, New Year's is usually always a disappointment, so um, just pick something and go with it. <laughs> Do you fear illness? That one day you or maybe a loved one will uh, be diagnosed with a, with a terrible disease and make life that much harder. Do you fear ambiguity? You don't know... Uh, What's going to happen in the future? You have no idea how to plan or how to prepare for it. We all fear different things at different times. And it's understandable. Fear often can uh, keep us alive, keep us from doing silly things. Um, And I'm also not trying to downplay some of these things. Some of these things are definitely worth being concerned about. But the question is, what what do we do with our fear? And how does God respond to our fear? That's our big question this morning, how does God respond to our fear? We're going to see three things, three things from Isaiah 7 that help us to see what God does in response to our fear. The first thing that God does in response to our fear is offer assurance. God offers assurance in our fear. So have a look with me, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezan of Aram and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. What we see here in this little passage is a picture of fear And we can uh, understand a little bit better with this picture that's coming up now. Here's the situation here. So in the blue, you've got Assyria. It's 735 BC. Assyria are this country that are kind of moving towards becoming a superpower, very powerful. And the red country and the purple one, so the red one is Aram and the purple one is Israel. And they've allied together to fight this growing threat of Assyria. Now, the country in the bottom, the little tiny green one, that's Judah, and its king is Ahaz, and he's trying to make the decision whether or not to ally with uh, the red country and the purple one, Israel and Aram, against Assyria, or whether to maybe go with Assyria, or do something else entirely. But through it all, um, fear grips Ahaz, and Israel has fallen away, it's gone kind of to these other baddies, Aram, Assyria's baddies too. And he doesn't know who to trust in. And he feels like maybe he's a goner. Totally understandable. So how does God respond? God offers assurance. So let's keep reading. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 3 to 4. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, in verse, uh, verse 4. Say to him, that's Ahaz, Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smouldering stubs of firewood because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, and of the son of Remaliah. And in verse 7, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, it will not, will not take place, it will not happen, for the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to bear people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Remaliah's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Now, in that passage, it says Ephraim, and that's just another word for Israel. And Aram is also Syria, just a, all these place names. But what we see here is Judah's destruction It's not going to take place. What a comfort. The God who upholds the universe assures um, Ahaz that he's going to be safe. And God, God's not worried about Aram or Israel. He's not worried about Assyria. Instead of these terrifying nations to Ahaz, for God, he calls them smouldering stubs of firewood. They're nothing compared to him. Soon these nations will be destroyed, which does indeed happen in God's timing. So Ahaz, he need not fear. He should trust God. Ash and I have a cat named Delilah, and uh, here's a picture of her. She's pretty cute, she's black and fluffy, and uh, around this time of year, it becomes time for her to go to the vet. And it's a great thing for her. The vet can check up on her, can make sure that everything's on track and everything's going well. And if there's any problems, it's probably going to get picked up and, and get fixed. But the problem is, Delilah is terrified of the vet. As soon as she sees the carrying bag, she just she's sprinting, she's hiding, and Ash and I have to kind of find her and grab her and put her in the carrying bag and take her to the vet. And she has... Uh, she has no idea what we're doing and to her, uh, she shouldn't really trust us. It's a painful process. If only she knew that this was for her good. In the same way, it can be really hard to trust God. It can be really painful. But we can trust Him, even if we don't get the answers. He is the all-powerful God who is all love. and He loves you so much and He calls you to trust Him. Our question today is how does God respond to our fear? Seen firstly that God offers assurance. The next thing we're going to see is that God points us to the signs that He's already provided. God points us to the signs that He's already provided. So have a look with me. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest, deepest depths. Or in the highest heights, but Ahaz said, "I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test." Then Isaiah said, "Here now, are you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also?" In the depths of Ahaz's despair, God comes to provide him comfort and assurance. He offers him a sign, something tangible. So that Ahaz can know for sure that God will come through in his promise. But Ahaz refuses. He seems to act all pious, saying, I'm not going to put God to the test, echoing Deuteronomy 6. But this is just lip service, because we know that Ahaz, from 2 Kings chapter 16, that he's not genuine in his faith. There in that chapter, we learn that Ahaz joined in the pagan practice of sacrificing his son in the fire and... As well, in that same chapter, he offers sacrifices from God's temple to the king of Assyria. So, he's not, he's not a great dude. He's, he's not very genuine in his, in his faith. And despite this refusal for a sign, God promises to provide a sign anyway. So, let's keep reading. Verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. He'll be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. For before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. Even though Isaiah says that Ahaz is trying God's patience, uh, he's told here that he will be able to see the birth of a child to a young woman and to know that before the boy is too old, Aram and Israel will be destroyed. And that timing is exactly what happened. So in 735 is, uh, B.C. would have been around about the time that Ahaz would have received the sign. And so a boy that would have been conceived around that time and then grew up to be about three years old, able to eat curds and honey, that, uh, in 732 B.C., that's when um, Aram fell to the Assyrians. Later on, when that same boy would have been uh, an early teenager, maybe 12, 13 um, around the time that he would have been able to reject the wrong and choose the right, that's the time that Israel fell to the Assyrians, in 722 BC. So this was the sign that Ahaz could look for, to know, that, uh, to know in order that he won't be wiped out, that Judah's going to be okay. So that's one meaning of the sign, that God is with him. He will protect him. God with us, Emmanuel. But we know that the sign is also talking about Jesus. We know this because Matthew quotes this passage in chapter 1, verse 22, saying, All this, the nativity events, um, took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So what should Ahaz do in his fear? He should look to the sign that God offers. Look to the destruction that is coming for Israel and Aram. And know that God is true to His word. Sometimes we find ourselves in a tricky situation like Ahaz. You might even want to ask God for a sign, to know what to do. However, the Bible repeatedly warns us against doing something like that. Uh, for example, Jesus links looking for a sign as a sign of wickedness in Luke 11. But this passage it's a bit different. It's not Ahaz asking God for a sign. It's God offering a sign to Ahaz to provide assurance. So for us, it's important for us to look to the signs that God has already provided. As well as this, we see that to ignore those signs is to try God's patience. So what is the sign that God's already provided? Well, it's the son that Matthew picks up on. It's Jesus. You see, God came to earth God the Son came, He dwelt among us. He experienced many of the kinds of trials and temptations and the kinds of difficulties that we face. He identifies with us, God with us. All of us used to go about our lives living our own way, failing to recognize who Jesus was and the sign that He means that God is with us. On our own two feet before God, we're in big trouble. We'd have to face God's wrath for trying to live our own way. But when we trust in Jesus, when we're in him, then we can have confidence. Jesus took our punishment. He faced God's wrath. He brings us into God's family. He gives us his spirit. God is with us. And that's what makes Christmas so special. That's why it's such a big deal, because God came as a baby and he lived with us. He experienced all the frailties of being human. And he went on to suffer and die in order that we might live. And he did this because he wants to be with us. Jesus is the sign uh, that shows us how God responds to our fear in compassion, in love, in assurance, and presence. No matter what you might fear today, know that Jesus faced the scariest thing. He was afraid. He is with you by his spirit. and He's to be called Emmanuel. Our question today is, how does God respond to our fear? So we've seen first that he offers assurance. Secondly, he points to the signs that he's already provided. Now we're gonna see that God shows what happens when we ignore his signs by warning us. God warns us. So have a look with me, verse 7. Uh, sorry, 17. The Lord will bring on you and on, on your people And on the house of your father, a time unlike any since Ephraim broke away from Judah, he will bring the king of Assyria. In that day, the Lord will whistle for flies from the Nile Delta in Egypt and for bees from the land of Assyria. They will all come and settle in the steep ravines and the crevices and the rocks, on all the thorn bushes and at the waterholes. In that day, the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave your head and private parts and to cut off your beard, also. Assyria, God's instrument. Even though they're evil, uh, God will use them to en- enact judgment on Judah. And this is the second meaning of Emmanuel, God with us. You see, for His people, God with us means His comfort, His presence, His assurance. He's on our side. But for those that ignore the signs uh, that God's already given us, then God with us means His judgment. We see his judgment here, God brings the king of Assyria to shave Judah's head and private parts and chop off its bed, its bed, meaning that Judah will be shamed by Assyria. It's not a pretty sign, it's a warning of what's to come. It's a bit like this sign, the sign coming up now. It says, slow down, blind corner. We see signs like this all the time as we're driving along, and we can ignore those kinds of signs. Uh, but it 's likely that if we ignore a sign like this and just keep on traveling fast, that we might be involved in a collision or some kind of traffic incident. You can' ignore it, but it 's not going to turn out pretty. In the same way for Ahaz to ignore god 's sign, he provokes God. You see, Aram and Israel, they weren 't the ones to fear. Even Assyria isn 't the one to fear. God is the one to fear. He is the powerful one who is in control of all things. And he wants us not to ignore the signs that he's provided. He warns us not to ignore Jesus, lest we face his judgment on our own two feet. So to conclude, let's have a look at our question again. It was, how does God respond to our fear? We've seen, firstly, that he offers assurance. Secondly, he points us to the signs that he's already provided. And third. God warns us about what happens if we ignore his signs. Many of us will face really scary situations in life. You might have to endure some truly terrible things or make some really hard decisions. Fear is a powerful emotion. It's important to know that God cares, God acts, and he doesn't just give us wonderful words, but he lives in us and among us by his Spirit. If you don't trust Jesus yet, then please consider him today. Please don't ignore him and the sign that he is God with us. We'd love to chat to you if you've got some questions or you want to know more about what it means to trust Jesus. If you do trust Jesus this morning, then you can know that God is with you every day by his Spirit. And he lives in you. He will constantly point you to the sign constantly point you to Jesus as you read his word and as you grapple with his promises and his assurances. Namely, he'll point you to the sign of Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that he came, he lived among us, and he died for us. Father, help us to keep looking to him, to know that you are with us through our fear, through our trials, through all kinds of things that we might face. Father, help us to keep uh, being comforted by you, to look to you, and to trust you. We can only do this by the power of your Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.